your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 623 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very, very excited for this episode where it's going to be the start of our annual off-season series, the unrestricted free agent spotlight. It's just what it sounds like. We take the spotlight, we point it at an impending unrestricted free agent for the New York Rangers, and we discuss, you know, the season that they they just had, the overall run that they've had with the New York Rangers, whether or not there's a fit with the Rangers bringing them back or not, what it might cost to bring them back, etc., etc., etc. Just a very broad look at every single unrestricted free agent on the New York Rangers, and we take our time with these. And we're going to do the same thing this season. And with all that said, we're going to start this offseason series with the Ranger unrestricted free agent who has by far among all the UFAs logged the most time with the New York Rangers. And that would, of course, be Ryan Strom, 28 years old. He will turn 29 next month. He just wrapped up something of a bridge deal with the New York Rangers. It was a two-year contract that paid him $4.5 million per season. That was up a little bit from his previous deal, which was two years and $6.2 million from the Oilers, which is obviously an average annual value of $3.1 million. And that contract was up from a prior two-year $5 million deal with the New York Islanders. That one paid him, obviously, an average annual value of $2.5 million per season. And before that was obviously his ELC, which uh, he signed with the New York Islanders. So you get the idea. Strom has gradually become basically a better and better player in this league, very gradually, but very steadily as well. And so therefore, he has gradually made more and more money. That's how it tends to work. And after his ELC, uh, he has signed three consecutive two-year contracts with three separate teams, the Islanders, the Oilers, and most recently, the Rangers. And it's funny because at the end of the season, you know, the pressers at the end of the year before the Rangers, you know, uh, went home for, you know, the offseason here, uh, Strom was actually joking during his presser that his longest NHL contract is actually his ELC, and he would like to be able to make this next one the longest one. I think there's a very good chance that he will, whether it's from the Rangers or from someone else. And Per cap friendly, just want to throw this out there as well before we go too much further. The Rangers currently have 15 players on their roster and $11.93 million in cap space on their NHL roster. And here's the thing with Strom. As a fan of this team and someone that recognizes that he's become a much better player for the Rangers than he had been at any other point in his career, I wouldn't mind, you know, generally speaking, very generally speaking, I wouldn't mind seeing him back with the Rangers next season, but... And this is a huge qualifier here. There has to be some kind of a limit. The Rangers didn't want to overpay Pavel Buchnevich last offseason. He ended up getting traded. It's a similar situation here. It's similar, but it's different. Obviously, the Rangers can't trade Ryan Strom because he's a UFA, but they can let him walk rather than overextend themselves and overpay for Ryan Strom. The way I've seen it, and it's kind of, you know, a number that's been floated out there in the past, you know, the Rangers, there were all these trade rumors in the offseason. They might look to deal Ryan Strom or, you know, they might eventually, you know, just let him play out the season and let him walk in free agency. 
if the Rangers could get Ryan Strom for like $5 million a season, maybe $5.5 a season, I would at least be open to it. But I do think, you know, every time I look at this, I feel like there's a lot of factors working against a reunion between Ryan Strom and the New York Rangers. Every time I kind of sit down and try to look at this and try to carve out a path and make some sense out of Ryan Strom coming back to the Rangers, I'll be honest, guys, the situation gets murkier and murkier, and I come away every single time. Every time I take like an in-depth look at this, I come away more and more convinced that Ryan Strom will not be back with the New York Rangers next season. Uh... There's a number that I found that I have to share with you guys that I found very interesting. This comes from EvolvingHockey.com. They have Ryan Strome projected to get seven years and $7.15 million per season on the open market. I will be the first one to say that is way too much money and way too many years for Ryan Strome. And this is coming from someone who is probably more of a Strome supporter than the average Ranger fan. I, I think I could probably uh, throw that out there and be pretty accurate in saying that, but... You know, I realize he's not perfect, but he's been a fairly steady contributor for the Rangers over these past few years, been a significant part of the rebuild. He's got great chemistry with Artemi Panarin, and he also obviously has been a part of a very dangerous New York Ranger power play unit. He plays on the top unit there. They were lethal this season, and he helped the Rangers finish third in the league in power play efficiency this year. But $7.1 million over the course of seven years. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. There's no way the Rangers, or I really think any team, can pay that much over that many years to Ryan Strom. And I mentioned Artemi Panarin a second ago. I'm not the first person to toss out this idea, but if the Rangers do sign Ryan Strom to an extension, which looks like a major if at best, but if they do, the contract should not go longer than Artemi Panarin's contract. Breadman right now has another four years left on his deal. He will be 34 years old when the contract ends. And we'll see if him and the Rangers at that time, you know, maybe he still is a really good player, an elite player in this league at the age of 34. And maybe Panarin and the Rangers want to strike another deal at that time. I mean, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen four years down the road. Um, but there's no reason, really, that Ryan Strom should be signed longer than Artemi Panarin because so much of Ryan Strom's appeal is in his chemistry with Artemi Panarin and in his ability to anchor the second line. If Panarin leaves in four years and Strom has, say, one more year left on his contract after that, then you're going to have at that point a 33-year-old Ryan Strom, who is now Panarinless, by the way, and probably making at least $5.5 million per season, if not more. That does not sound like a particularly good way for the Rangers to go. So if you're the Rangers, and again, it's a major if that they're going to come up with any kind of uh, an extension for Ryan Strom in the first place, that these two sides can agree, but there's no way at all, that the Rangers, I think, can go longer than four years if they're going to sign Ryan Strom to any kind of an extension. But, you know, one thing that I can really appreciate, because there is a human side to this as well, but uh, whether it was Ryan Strom or you could even throw Andrew Kopp into that into this mix as well as, long, as, well as Frank Vetrano, uh, it sounded like Ryan Strom really, really wants to stay on the Rangers. You watch that presser at the end of the season, and it's one thing to, you know, read an article and read his quotes and, and see what he said. But, you know, you listen to him talk. You listen to the tone of his voice. Uh, he's getting a little emotional about it. He wants to be a New York Ranger past this season. And something else that I want to throw out there is something that really doesn't get a lot of attention very often. Strom was the number five overall draft pick back in the 2011 NHL draft. He went number five to the Islanders this, that year. And this is someone who, before he came to the Rangers, arguably had not even come close to living up to the hype that inevitably comes with being the number five overall pick in an NHL draft simply because the expectations are so high. 
Now that he's with the Rangers, he's at least become a good player. I don't know. He's certainly not an elite player. And maybe you could still say that he's fallen short, you know, as far as matching the career expectations that once again inherently come with being the number five overall selection in an NHL draft. But he has taken his game to a new level with the New York Rangers. He's had kind of a weird career arc. But again, he's become a very steady contributor for this team. But once again, I just don't believe for a second that the Rangers can or will match any offer from one of the other 31 teams. I, I got to believe, you know, Ryan Strom's right about to become an unrestricted free agent. And I got to believe that at least one of those other 31 teams is going to make him a better offer than the Rangers are going to make him. And there were on and off talks pretty much all season this year between the Rangers and Strom about an extension during the season. Obviously, no deal was reached. And now that Strom is this close to hitting the open market, I really don't think he's going to sign with the Rangers right before free agency starts. Why would he? That wouldn't really make any sense. Uh, something else that always gets brought up in a situation like this, the possibility, whether it's Ryan Strom or anybody else, the possibility of a hometown discount. Is it possible that Ryan Strom would take less money from the Rangers to remain in New York and remain a part of this you know, rapidly improving team that should be a Stanley Cup contender for next year and at least the next couple of seasons as well? It's at least possible, but I think the only way that Strom is still here next year, he's going to have to take a big hometown discount. The rumored number for the Rangers that they don't want to go past is $5.5 million a season. And you've got to believe that once again, they don't want that contract to be longer than four years for all the reasons that I just mentioned. You know, you want him kind of linked to Artemi Panarin. You don't want Strom's contract to go longer than Panarin's contract. And as we talked about earlier, and I don't know how much I, I agree with this. It's just one website, but they're projecting him at seven years and $7.15 million a season, which to me is insanely high for Ryan Strom. But you know, to kind of just uh, weigh this and, and kind of determine whether there could be a fit here, we're going to do some quick math calculations to just kind of illustrate if that number is anywhere near being accurate, that projected number that Ryan Stroman is going to get, which again, I find highly suspect. But we're going to take a look at what kind of a deal and how much money Ryan Stroman would get from the Rangers if he takes you know, a four-year, $5.5 million deal versus this projected number that's been thrown out there as well. We're going to do that in just a second and just kind of compare and contrast uh, these two hypothetical contracts that Ryan Strom could sign, once again, if you go by these numbers. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, and just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as I was talking about a second ago, let's go ahead and do some quick math here. Always a risky proposition on this podcast, but I think I got this one all figured out. So 
again, the Rangers, they don't want to go above $5.5 million per season, and I really doubt that they want to go past four years. So let's go with that exact contract. Four years at $5.5 million per season. That's a total of $22 million in four years. Not too shabby. Obviously, listen, these, these guys are pro athletes. They do well for themselves. But I want to go back to that number that was thrown out there earlier. Seven years at $7.15 million a season. That still seems too high to me. So... I'm going to keep it a little bit more conservative than that. Instead of seven years for Ryan Strom, uh, as far as what offer he'll end up signing if he hits unrestricted free agency and signs with a team other than the Rangers, instead of seven years, let's go with five years. And instead of $7.15 million per season, let's go with $6.5 million per season. That seems a little bit more realistic. I think that's not too far away from what he'll probably end up getting. Uh, that is contract that I just laid out five years at six and a half million that's 32 and a half million dollars total which is ten and a half million dollars more than what he would get on a four-year five and a half million dollar deal from the New York Rangers and I know it's easy to say well you know you're making great money either way that's true but who among us if given the opportunity would take 22 million dollars instead of 32 and a half million dollars Let's be honest here. And that's another thing. You know, if Ryan Strom, if he decides he wants to go to the highest bidder, I have no issues with that whatsoever. We always talk about, you know, how professional sports, it's a business, it's this, it's that. Well, if it's a business, that's got to be a two-way street, and it has to apply to the players as well. So I don't begrudge Ryan Strom or anybody else who goes out there and, uh, you know, signs with the highest bidder, takes the payday, and doesn't give a hometown discount. It's one thing, if the Rangers are offering some kind of a contract that totals $5.5 million per season, and another team is out there and they offer Strom $5.6 million per season, okay, in that case, yeah, a hometown discount, maybe you could give one out. But if there's a significant gap, I have no issues whatsoever with, once again, somebody uh, going to the highest bidder. So unless the Rangers and Strom can meet in the middle, or unless Strom just takes the hometown discount of all hometown discounts, then I think it's probably safe to assume that this is going to be the end of the line for Ryan Strom and his tenure with the New York Rangers. My hope, if he does leave, is that he doesn't end up on some despised division rival and then he comes back into Madison Square Garden, burns the Rangers for three points a night every single time that his new team plays the Rangers because you know that would happen. Everybody who plays the Rangers that's a former New York Ranger, you could pretty much pencil them in for a multi-point night. That's how it feels anyway. Um... Besides the simple fact that Strom is probably just too expensive to re-sign, there are a couple of other things working against a reunion between Ryan Strom and the Rangers, and there are also a couple of reasons why I wouldn't 100% rule out a potential reunion, and we're going to get to all those reasons in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so I figure we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode by just talking about you know some of the biggest reasons why the Rangers... Uh, should move on from Ryan Strom, but then also tossing out some ideas and some reasons why the Rangers maybe could look to bring him back and why, if you're a Ryan Strom fan, it might not quite be curtains just yet. I think the 
Once again, the odds of a reunion are not very good, but it's not something I'm going to completely discount and say is completely impossible either. But we'll start with the negative stuff, and then we'll add, we'll end the episode on the positive stuff. So for starters, uh, Strom did regress a little bit this past season. Now, he is just 28 years old. He'll be 29 when next season rolls around. So I don't think he's over the hill or you know his production is just going to completely fall off a cliff or anything like that. He's too young for that. But his offensive numbers did take a step back this past season. He did have a career-high 21 goals and 54 points total is the second highest mark of his NHL career. But as far as points per game, it was down this past year. It was actually uh, the lowest point per game mark of any of the three full seasons that he spent with the New York Rangers. Of course, Strom has now played three and a half seasons in New York. He came over in a deal with Edmonton in 2018-2019 and has since played three consecutive seasons with the Rangers. But Strom this past year, 54 points in 74 games. Uh, The year before that was his best season, arguably, probably of his career, uh, 49 points in 56 games. And the year before that, 59 points in 70 games. So his numbers are down a little bit and they're down on the power play as well. I mentioned how Strom was a big part of the Ranger power play unit and he was, but he only ended up with 14 points on the power play uh, this season total. And the year before, 18 points on the power play. The year before that, 17 points on the power play. So those numbers are down a little bit as well. And if Strom's offensive numbers are down, then that's not good for his, you know, total outlook, so to speak, because he's not really a center that's known for, you know, outstanding defensive play or big-time physical play or, you know, actually he did kill some penalties this year a little bit, but uh, that's not really his MO. And again, if if the offensive numbers are going to take a hit, then Ryan Strom's value to the New York Rangers or really any team also takes a hit right along with it. Uh, Another reason why I think, you know, Ryan Strom coming back is probably a long shot. You've also got Andrew Kopp, who's an unrestricted free agent, and he's also in the mix, and he figures to be at least slightly less expensive than Ryan Strom on the open market. Hard to say for sure. I think Kopp probably has the better all-around game as compared to Ryan Strom as well. He's also a year younger than Ryan Strom for whatever that's worth. He's 27 and will be 28 next month. Uh, As far as point totals, it was actually almost identical last year. Kopp had 53 points in 72 games, a new career high by a long shot for him, whereas Strom had 54 points in 74 games. And I just think that Andrew Kopp is going to end up being a little bit less expensive either for the Rangers or, once again, whichever team ends up signing uh, either of these players. I think Strom will have a little bit bigger of a contract, and I think the Rangers might prefer the all-around game from Andrew Kopp. And that doesn't even take into account uh, you know, some other factors like the fact that Philip Hedl is starting to emerge and Philip Hedl could end up centering the second line for the Rangers next season. He could end up playing with Artemi Panarin on that second line or maybe Panarin moves up to the top line and the kid line is now the second line for the Rangers instead of being uh, the third line. And with Hedl, he's still only making $2.3 million and he will be a restricted free agent with arbitration rights the season after this next one coming up. So Philip Hedl, quite a lot less expensive than Ryan Strom and probably at this point has more upside than Ryan Strom as well because Ryan Strom is 28 years old. He'll be 29 when next season starts. He's a good player in this league. I don't think that if he walks an unrestricted free agency that the Rangers and you know all of us fans should be worried about him becoming just an absolute superstar somewhere else. He's a good player. He definitely is. But he's not going to be you know, that guy, that guy that can, you know, carry a team. I don't think letting him walk would be something that the Rangers lament for years and years and years. Maybe they would. I mean, Strom, again, he's, he's been a good contributor for this team and has excellent chemistry with Artemi Panarin and has centered the second line 
for you know uh, a three and a half year chunk here where the Rangers really didn't have any other options as far as who was going to be the second line center. And he's done a nice job in that role. But again, if he walks, I don't think you have to fear that he's going to take his game to just unheard of levels for Ryan Strom. Just can't see that happening. Don't think it's very realistic. And another thing that I think works against Ryan Strom is he didn't really do a whole lot in the postseason this year. Played in 19 games in the playoffs uh, throughout this Ranger run here. He had two goals and seven assists in that time. It's not completely anemic or just an abysmal point total, especially when you consider that playoff games are always tight, uh, but it's far from ideal from your second line center. And as great as the chemistry is between Panarin and Strom, as much fun as they've been to watch over these past couple of years, just kind of making magic together, I can't help but wonder if Panarin come playoff time might benefit from playing with a center who's going to do just a little bit more of the dirty work than Ryan Strom. That guy who's going to go in there, dig pucks out of the boards, deliver a big hit on the forecheck, win some face-offs, et cetera, et cetera. That's not really Ryan Strom's MO. Whether Andrew Kopp can do that, and he's the Rangers pick, and he ends up re-signing with the team, and he ends up centering uh, the Panarin line, or you bring in somebody like Vincent Trocek, which is not going to be easy to do because I think he'll be more expensive than either Kopp or Strom, so I, I don't know how realistic that is. I know a lot of Ranger fans like Trocek, myself included, so we'll see there. Uh, but when you've got Panarin and Strom out there on the same line in the playoffs, it doesn't seem like it's a recipe for offensive fireworks. They often, in the regular season, they score goals to Panarin and Strom as the result of you know creating space and time. And there's significantly less space and significantly less time when you have the puck in the playoffs. And I'm preaching to the choir. I know you guys are very well aware of that. I'm sure everybody tuned into the Stanley Cup playoffs to watch the Rangers this year just like I did. But you could see it on the ice. I mean, the Rangers were kind of suffocated uh, on that second line there because there just isn't enough time to make things happen when you've got the puck. And again, it's not to say that you know, Panarin and Strom were both completely anemic, completely invisible for the entire playoff run. They both had their moments, but... It's not up to par with what you would expect from those two guys, given what they tend to do together year in and year out in the regular season. So there were too many games where Ryan Strom was borderline invisible. I realized that Strom was dealing with a pelvis injury for the entire playoff run there. Um, but be that as it may, there were just too many games where he just wasn't a whole lot of a factor. And it's funny because Strom actually had a pretty good, if you go by points, he had a pretty good series against the Penguins. He had uh, six points in seven games against the Penguins, but then the rest of the way, just three points total and no points at all in the five games that he played against Tampa. He had to sit the one game out with the injury. So that actually leads me into another thing that I want to talk about and another reason why bringing Strom back might not be the way to go for the Rangers. And that is, of course, because Ryan Strom might need surgery. And it's interesting there, too, because at his end of season post-game presser, whatever it was called, the exit interview day for the Rangers... Strom mentioned during that interview that he would know the following day whether or not he would need surgery. That happened on Monday, June 13th, and as I'm recording this, it is now Tuesday, June 21st, and unless I missed something, we still don't have any idea whether Strom is going to need surgery or not. But one way or the other, I think that works against him a little bit as well, whether you're the Rangers or anybody else, if somebody needs off-season surgery uh, to the pelvis area, you know, that might give teams at least a little bit of pause. I mean, I'm no doctor, and I don't know how uh, that injury necessarily heals, but it's something that can probably only work against Strom and not work in his favor uh, at all. So, uh, yeah, those are just, uh, you know, again, I, I got to keep it real on here, and I got to 
be as honest and objective as I can. I've been a big fan of Ryan Strom over the years, but I just don't know how much sense it makes to you know sign him to a big money extension here for all those reasons that I just listed. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom on here. I know there's some people that really like Ryan Strom. They feel like he's been a big part of this rebuild and obviously has you know contributed to some Ranger success. Namely, over this past season, you know, the Rangers finally getting back into the playoffs and making that great run to the Eastern Conference Final. So I will end today with a couple of reasons why if you're a big fan of Ryan Strom and you want to keep this team together, you like what he brings to the table. I'm going to end with a couple of reasons why I think it's at least possible, possible that he could be back with the Rangers next season. One we already talked about, and that was uh, the chemistry that he has with Artemi Panarin. And I know, you know, over these past couple of seasons here, Ryan Strom, he starts putting up numbers that he's never really put up in his career, and I think the general consensus from a lot of people, especially non-Ranger fans who don't get to watch this team night in and night out, the very basic assumption was, well, his numbers are only inflated because he's out there with Artemi Panarin. I have no doubt that there's some truth to that, but Ryan Strom has more than pulled his weight while playing with Artemi Panarin. Ryan Strom isn't the only one who's put up career numbers. Uh, Artemi Panarin has put up career numbers while playing with Ryan Strom. I think we have to point that out as well, just to be fair here. And there's a stretch last season that I always point to whenever anybody tries to make this argument. Artemi Panarin sat out for three weeks there. Uh, that political hit piece was out against him, and you know uh, he had to tend to a private matter at that time, and he was out of the lineup. You also had Chris Kreider not doing anything. You know, last season he was still up and down and hot and cold. He was ice cold during this time. And Mika Zibanejad was still recovering from having COVID in the offseason. And so a lot of weight fell on the shoulders of Ryan Stroman. Offensively, he carried that team for a while. I mean, he really stepped up big in that spot when the Rangers needed him. So I'm not saying that he hasn't benefited from Artemi Panarin, but clearly Ryan Strom has pulled his weight as well and done a nice job and maybe even elevated Artemi Panarin a little bit as well. It's a little bit of give and take going on there. And, you know, you can have two superstar players on any given team and they just don't have chemistry. And I'm not saying Strom is a superstar. He's not. But he has had a very positive impact on a player who is a superstar, that, of course, being the bread man. And Panarin would like to have him back. We know that. Uh, how much do the Rangers value everything that I just mentioned? Do they value it at all? Or do they feel like someone else can center a line with Artemi Panarin and produce similar, if not better, results? Do the Rangers see Panarin playing with Mika and Kreider next season? And if not, do they feel like Filipino, who once again will make just $2.3 million this season before becoming a restricted free agent with arbitration rights the following season, do they feel like Filipino can produce similar or better results then Ryan Strom at a fraction of the price. Or again, could Andrew Kopp be back to play the second line center role? Or do they dive into free agency to bring in someone at a smaller cost? A lot of questions. And when you start to go through all this stuff and really break it down, it just becomes more and more obvious, like I was talking about in the intro, why Ryan Strom being back is a long shot, but not impossible. Uh, another thing he's got working in his favor he seems to be a pretty well-liked player in that locker room. He's actually one of the longer-tenured Rangers on the team, which sounds crazy, but you think of how many young players they have, you know, kids that were just playing in their rookie season or their second year, maybe their third year in some instances, and then, of course, different players coming in via free agency or via trade over the past few years as well, guys like Barkley Goodrow, Ryan Reeves. You know, Strom is actually one of the longer-tenured Rangers, and also this past season, one of six alternate captains. Don't laugh. It counts for something. Obviously, the Rangers, uh, they don't seem to be able to pick a new captain, but Strom has impressed with his leadership uh, you know, role over these past couple of years. It's a role that I think he's gradually 
uh, developed into. He always faces the music, win, lose, or draw after a game is over. And I think over the years, he's begun to play with at least a little bit more fire on the ice as well. He's not somebody that's going to go out there and throw his weight around. But if there's a skirmish after the play, you don't see him backing down either. And uh, somebody that, you know, I think Ranger players tend to gravitate to a little bit. And again, he's only 28 years old, but man, 28 years old on the, on the Rangers, you're a grizzled veteran at that point. So there are some players that I think uh, kind of look up to him. Uh, there was a preseason story. I forget who the young Ranger was. Maybe one of you guys can remind me, but Strom was, you know, there was a preseason game or a preseason practice or something like that. And he was uh, basically, you know, telling one of the younger kids in the room, hey, we're going to the weight room. And, and you know, he got him to follow him. I forget which player it was, but obviously Strom has stepped up in a leadership role. And if the Rangers do value that, then maybe that bodes well for his uh, slim chances of returning as well. And another reason that we already talked about is the concept of a hometown discount. Is Ryan Strom willing to take less from the New York Rangers, and how much less is he willing to take? That's a question that only he can answer, but it's something that I think, once again, at least cracks the door a little bit for a return. The fact that Ryan Strom might very well be willing to take a little bit less money from the Rangers than he would from a team on the open market. I'm going to throw out one more reason why I think it's at least possible that Strom could return. This one's a little bit out there, but it's not something that I think is completely off the table, and that is... The idea that maybe you could come up with a really creative one-year contract for Ryan Strom. You basically just overpay him, but for only one season. And if you're the Rangers, the reason why this might make some sense is they may not have anybody that they feel is 100% ready to jump in to that second-line center role. You could maybe point to Philip Heedle and say that you know he's somebody that could take over that role. But uh, with Heedle, you know, before the playoffs happened, I don't know how many people would have been saying that Heedle for the most part this season, the regular season, not exactly setting the world on fire. I don't know how many people would have been looking at him as a bonafide second-line center if you just go by the regular season. Obviously, he stepped it up in the playoffs, and maybe he's about to take off and have an amazing career in this league, hopefully for the New York Rangers. But I don't know how many people would have really looked at him as a second-line center um, you know, prior to the playoffs. And as far as this concept of just taking a one-year deal at a high average annual value— you know, there are some examples of this. Taylor Hall did it not too long ago. He signed a big one-year contract with the Sabres for a higher average annual value than he would have gotten on the open market. The difficult thing here is how high are you going to go for Ryan Strom here? Are you going to give him like one year and $7 million? If you do that, that's really eating into the cap space. And the Rangers don't have a ton of cap space as it is. They only have $11.933 million more, and they only have 15 players currently signed to their NHL roster. So they're going to need to... Uh, Obviously, spend that money wisely, and if you give Strom, you know, six and a half million, seven million, it's really handcuffing you as far as other moves that you can make. And you know, again, the idea is a little bit out there, but I want to at least throw it out there that you know maybe Ryan Strom would at least consider sticking around for one more season at a high contract number, and maybe just saying, hey, let's see this thing through. Everybody talked about unfinished business at the end of the regular season, right? Or at the end of the postseason, rather. Well, if you're Ryan Strom and you really feel like there's unfinished business and you and the Rangers can't come to an agreement on a long-term deal, then maybe you stick around on a one-year deal. It's at least possible. Again, it's a little bit out there. It's not something that I expect to see happening. And frankly, I'm not even sure the Rangers could afford it, even if it is only one year. But it's an idea and something that I wanted to at least toss out there for you guys uh, at the end of today's episode. But again, the more and more I look at this, the more I start to just see that I don't know that there's a path for a reunion between the Rangers and Ryan Strom, especially from a financial perspective, but also just from 
You know, the idea that I don't think the Rangers see Ryan Strom as being worth more than, you know, five and a half million or so at the most. And he very likely can get more than that on the open market. So if you're a Ryan Strom fan, you should probably uh, make your peace right now with him probably playing elsewhere next season. But, you know, if you're a Strom fan, keep your fingers crossed too. It's not something that's completely impossible as far as him coming back to the Rangers. Stranger things have certainly happened in this world and in this league. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But like I said, want to spend pretty much all of today's episode on Ryan Strom. I think he's uh, kind of earned that from everything he's done for the Rangers over these past couple of seasons here. And uh, we will continue our series of unrestricted free agent spotlight in the coming days and weeks here. But in tomorrow's episode, I think what we're definitely going to do, the NHL awards are actually going to be happening a little bit later tonight, Tuesday night. And so uh, Igor Shosturkin, you got to figure he's going to win the Vezza. We'll talk about everything that happens there in tomorrow's episode for sure. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.